When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Come on Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans. Welcome to episode 184 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm your host. Looking forward to a good show today. I've uh, got a good interview with Scott Nice coming up here in a little bit, but before we do that, we're going to jump into the breakdown. Breakdown is presented by First Bank. First Bank is the official banking partner of Infinity Park. They believe in banking for good, doing their best to do right by their customers, communities, and employees. Banking for good, member FDIC. Uh, so, of course, starting off the breakdown with the American Raptors update, like we do every week. Um, took a little bit of a week off last week, but wanted to talk about how the Raptors close the season with 38-34 victory over Cobras Brazil two weeks ago. Um, and if you listen to the show I did before that match, one of the things that you'll know I was watching for was, you know, how they were going to close the first half and open up the second half. Um, and, and it seemed, you know, as the match kind of progressed, it seemed as if the Raptors were going to fall down that same path that they have all year where they play really well uh, up until the last 10 minutes of the first, concede a late try, um, and then open up to just a fire hose of points from the other team in the second half. Um, and it looked like that was going to happen. Cobra's got to try to close the first half. Uh, I think Peyton, Talia, Isla, Leo for the Raptors squeezed one in just before halftime, kind of turned the tides. Uh, and they came out and played spirited defense in the second half, won the second half. Um, I think the I think it was 12 to 5 was the, the second half score um, and ultimately won the match. So uh, came away with a 38-34 victory, closed the season with a victory. And by doing so, they avoided finishing in last place, which was something that I talked to Scott about coming up here in a little bit. Um, it was on the staff's mind. It was what the, the players were well aware of um, what was going on. And they didn't want to finish in last place. They didn't want to be caught holding the wooden spoon. Um, and it's good to have something to play for at the end of the year. You obviously want to be playing for a championship or something else, um, but you know, playing to not finish in last is something. Using that as motivation is good, um, and because of that, they finished the season on a positive note. Uh, second victory of the year, finished with a 2-10 and 10 record, which is not what they wanted, but uh, avoided finishing in the cellar um, and have something to build off heading into next season. And now that the season's over, we get the Super Rugby America's Championship this weekend. Um, but we get a chance to kind of look back on different parts of the season, and one of the brightest spots of the year uh, was Lene Latu. He finished as the top fullback 
in Super Rugby Americas. He earned that honor at the halfway point and then in the second half of the season point as well. Uh, he stayed steady in that fullback spot, which was good. Um, one of the things the Raptors can be proud of, this is a guy that they you know, found themselves through this recruiting work, this crossover athlete work. Um, he's paid dividends so far. He's been a consistent performer ever since he stepped foot in this facility. Um, and this season, he appeared in all 12 matches, carried the ball 70 times, scored three tries, and added four points off the tee. On defense, made 19 tackles, uh, and he earned four, four first 15 honors throughout the season. Leads the Raptors. Nobody else had four. Um, and then just kind of the last piece of Raptors news I'll touch on in the breakdowns. Akipulu started at inside center uh, for the USA U-20s earlier this week on Tuesday uh, against Canada, North Carolina. Um, and this is kind of the point I was trying to drive home the other day when I ran that interview with Aki, as he's only 19 years old. So he's playing, you know, arguably some of the best competition in the Western Hemisphere, and he's 19. And he's starting, he's a consistent contributor, played 10 matches for the Raptors this season, scored one try, uh, also made 48 tackles, and earned one first 15s honor uh, through Super Rugby America. So he's got a bright future ahead, I'm sure. Um, and he's going to be right next to Lene uh, come fall in this USA Eagles camp. So he's going to be competing for a spot to go on tour with them this season. Uh, that kind of does it for the breakdown. We're going to jump to all the rugby you can watch this weekend. All the rugby you can watch this weekend is brought to you by Wintergreen. Wintergreen loves rugby and wants to support USA Rugby's mission of uniting an inclusive, passionate rugby community to grow the support of rugby in America. Wintergreen gels, cream sprays, and soaks are made with wintergreen oils and other therapeutic natural oils that help to soothe and support sore muscles and joints to keep you at your best. Visit wintergreensport.com to purchase products you need to help you prepare to win. At Super Rugby America's final on Friday, uh, we got Pena Roll, last year's defending champions, taking on Dogos. Um, should be a good match. It's taking place in Montevideo. Uh, you should be able to tune in on ESPN Plus if you're interested to see how that season winds up. Uh, Major League Rugby, we got Old Glory DC at Houston Sabercats on Friday at 7 p.m. Uh, Nola Gold at the Dallas Jackals on Saturday at 4 p.m. Those Both of those on the Rugby Network. On Fox Sports 2 on Saturday at 6 p.m., we have New York Ironworkers versus Rugby ATL. We have Chicago Hounds at Utah Warriors on Saturday at 8 p.m. on the Rugby Network. Uh, San Diego Legion at the Toronto Arrows on Sunday at 2 p.m. And New England Free Jacks at Seattle Seawolves also on Sunday, 8.30 p.m. Both those matches will be on the Rugby Network as well. The top 14 semifinals on Friday and Saturday on Flow Rugby. And we got the Allianz Premier 15s semifinals rolling this weekend as well. You can catch that on Premier15s.com. That should do it for all the rugby you can watch this weekend. Let's come jump in the interview portion of the show. Uh, this interview with Scott Neese brought to you by O'Neill's. O'Neill's is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in World Rugby, Infinity Park, and the American Raptors. Shop apparel now at O'Neill's.com. It's O-N-E-I-L-L-S.com. So had a good chat with Scott about the tour, just kind of the staff's thoughts on the season now that they've had a week to kind of digest um, and what's next for the Raptors. So I won't ramble on too much about it. We'll go ahead and kick to my conversation with American Raptors rugby coordinator Scott Neese. All right. Please welcome back on the show, American Raptors rugby coordinator Scott Neese. Scott, how's it going, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me back on, Colton. Uh, how was your first week home been, man? Long been, trip. Been very nice. Uh, get to see some friends, reconnect with uh, some people, take a deep breath. And, yeah, it's just nice to be home in a, in a place where things are a little bit more familiar. For sure. Um, so very appreciative of that. 
from a travel like logistics stance, how was it for you? Like, how was the overall trip? Because I know it's a lot to juggle, a lot of different places in a short amount of time, uh, with a lot of different people that don't really speak English that that well. So, how how did that all go for you? Well, that's uh, way more of a reflection on how awful my Spanish yeah. is. So that's something I definitely need to work yes. on. But um, no, all things considered, the trip actually went went, went pretty well. Um, we did have one pretty significant flight delay, which was annoying. That was about 12 hours. Um, hmm. And so get, instead of getting into Sao Paulo at around 5 p.m., we got in at about 4 a.m. Uh, so that was tough. But, I mean, if it could have gone right in that circumstance, outside of the flight getting delayed, it did. The hotel was very accommodating. We had our meals and so it could have been significantly worse. Um, that was really the only major major travel hiccup. Um, is that for the whole season, or is this just for the second leg? Yeah, just for the second leg. Um, but uh, honestly, all, all things considered on the season, like there could have been so many other travel things that went wrong, and a couple times we missed, or um, things were, were okay by like the skin of our teeth. Like our, our trip, our second tour, every single connection we had was very, very, very tight, but mm-hmm. we made every single one of our flights. Good. So, it could have been bad, but it, it it ended up being all right. So everyone made it back. Yeah, hopefully allegedly. with all their stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I I was um with the because I always have to be the last one that goes through security to make sure everyone else did. And uh, making the connecting flight from Houston to Denver, the gate agent had to put in a code to reopen the gate to let me go through. So I think mm. I was about ninety seconds away from missing the final leg of our trip, which would have would have been poetic justice. So <laughs> I'm very glad I didn't, but that was that was very close. At least that would have happened in Houston and not like where it, Panama City, uh, whatever in Panama. Yes, actually. yes, that's the, fair. the country Panama. <laughs> uh, that that would have sucked. So where's the favorite place that you visited? I guess over, over this tour, this whole thing. So it's interesting because you have to take kind of every place you go with a grain of salt because you are there at a hotel and you're there at a field. Mm -hmm. Um, Places I would love to go back and experience more as a tourist. Um, I would really like to go back to Buenos Aires because I think we got a very different look at what the city should offer because our our accommodations there weren't the best. Um, Our... Our training facility was great, but some there just wasn't a whole lot around around where we were, so it didn't really feel like we were able to experience Buenos Aires. So I, I really want to go back there, um, but in the in the context of kind of the trip and how it worked for us, I loved um, Asuncion in Paraguay. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely incredible city, a lot of cool places to walk around. Um, people there were super friendly, and I really wish I could have spent more time in Sao Paulo because I think we were only there for like 30 hours, right. 30, 36 hours. And um, uh, again, like our area was cool, but to actually go experience like downtown Sao Paulo it, or yeah. a little bit more of like what it actually has to offer is, is definitely something that, that's on my list. That's cool. What was your uh, favorite venue, like away venue that you played, that you guys played in? Good question. I think I think best atmosphere would have been um, – Kasi, which was uh, the Pampas home field. Yeah, that was on the out. first leg. I, I saw yeah. like a lot of like hype around that place leading it's, up to that. It's a very, very cool venue. The The field is is cool. The The way the spectators are able to watch makes it feel very packed. And for um, uh, Martin Landajo, that was his home club. So there was a little bit of a homecoming there, mm-hmm. which was very cool. Um, but yeah, I, I really like that facility. Um, 
the Tala Rugby Club, where the Dogos play out of, was also very cool. I mean, both both the clubs um, that the Argentinian teams play out of, uh, the, the atmospheres there were, were very cool. It was, it was like a party, a yeah. um, lot of really good fan involvement, um, and that was great. Well, did any of them feel, like, hostile? I know, like, a lot of people, I know before this happened, they're like, oh, they're going to go down there. They're going to play in a lot of, like, hostile environments. They're going to get a good look at what it's like to go into, like, enemy territory, literally, and play, like, in a scary place. Was, it, was there any of that, or was it just kind of just, like, rugby everywhere? I, I think one thing to remember is uh, we're still playing rugby in a predominantly <laughs> football or soccer-centric world or yeah, centric yeah. continent. And so um, – like nowhere was sold out. Like there were some places that had mass crowds, mm-hmm. but it was never hostile. Everyone was super nice. They weren't the like fa- throwing batteries at you, like no. your, like your Raiders would. No, hey, your well, Raiders come, fan. Well, come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are known as the yeah. cleanest fan base in the NFL. <laughs> um, anyways, but um, everyone there was was super welcoming and appreciative. And um, if you didn't get that sense while the players were on the field, the fan interaction afterwards set it tenfold. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end of each of our tours, we had opposing fans like some kids coming up and being like oh like and calling out american raptors players by name That's so really cool. it was it was a very welcoming feel despite being away for half the year yeah the last one i want the last venue i wanted to ask you was the the cobras one that one literally looked like it's a cage. Yeah, it literally. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Because I, in some text messages, I was like, it looks like they're playing in like a jail, kind of. But it's yeah, just because of the way it was like fenced mm-hmm. in and stuff. And and that that the way it's fenced in is for those um, soccer matches because yeah. people do throw things, and so it's to prevent debris okay. from coming in. Um, again, it wasn't nearly as packed <laughs> for us, but um, yeah, that that field was cool. The the post match area for that that field was really cool. It's like this little grassy kind of gazebo is not the right word but little just area and mm-hmm. they everybody went all the fans all the players oh, so it's nice. a very very nice way to end the season for sure yeah and it helps with the with the win absolutely also. best food is there any place that you so, really stuck out to you so this is definitely kind of a a jaded answer but the best food was in paraguay but it wasn't necessarily paraguayan <laughs> cuisine okay the hotel had hired like a a chef that specialized in team meals okay and he cooked for us all week and so he was fantastic um but what was he I, making like just delicious pasta like basically mm. like coming out of buenos aires and montevideo the cuts of meats are great but there isn't really a whole lot of sauce in yeah the cuisine yeah of those cultures and that's why i say like i say paraguay clearly it is not paraguayan cuisine uh-huh. but like the sauces and stuff that this guy was making were it was a very welcome change <laughs> it was hitting the spot um that's what i tell people too when i went with you guys yeah. in 21 they're like how was the food and i was like the food wasn't that it was just like very bland because very i don't bland. like salt was like a outlawed yeah. or something like that which is not better s- for you yeah <laughs> for sure, exactly but, like i feel better yeah. for sure but uh, it's it's nice coming home to to some flavor yeah. um obviously we're also eating out of hotels i'm probably not looking in the right areas <laughs> um but really liked the the food in in santiago as well the couple times i ate outside of the hotel um there's just some some really good places there a lot of restaurants around too they had a big restaurant um i guess vibe kind of around mm-hmm. the city especially around where we were and so that, that was really nice i thought that venue looked really cool too and there seemed to be quite a few people at that matchup probably because it was like the first one yeah. um it probably would have been a little nicer if it wasn't a million degrees. You could tell how hot it was on TV. Yeah. It was also that. like 45 minutes away from where we were staying, so it was very far outside of, I guess, what I would have probably falsely considered downtown Santiago. But like, yeah. it was definitely outside, and 
I think the reason why the crowd atmosphere there was so full was because that's effectively Chile's national team. So a lot yeah. of people are seeing this national team build into the World Cup um, just in a different competition. Mm-hmm. So they, they had a really strong fan base. Nice. I guess we can talk a little bit about some of the rugby too now at this point. <laughs> so uh, two intense season, obviously, like not what, you know, you guys would have wanted. Um, but there was a lot of positives. There was a lot of competitive rugby throughout. I guess like as a staff, how do you kind of look at this year? Uh, we look at it as kind of our, our biggest issue was consistency mm-hmm. on the field because there'd be games where, where we are fully competing, if not winning a 20 minute section, and then we fall off and mm-hmm. you fall off when it matters and you lose the lead. And so I think a big thing we need to look in the mirror is how do we keep some of the positives, but keep that for a full 80 minutes. Um, yeah. and it's your first year in a league, your young team, it's their first time playing together. So th- there's a lot of if ands or buts you kind of have to go through but at the end of the day we had two wins um and that's that's not acceptable so um it's always about continuing to build we finished on a positive note and that's something everybody can come away with happy but um you come away happy but not satisfied because you're you're always looking to build and so i think that's something that has definitely coursed its way through the team and the staff is like yeah we finished on a positive we made a lot of headway in the latter half of the season. Like, I think if our second half of the season team played our first half of the season team, I think that team would win by 20 points. Yeah. So I think that is a super big positive and something that we're continuing to look at, continue to achieve, continue to push through throughout this offseason. But um, it's it's tough. Like, you yeah. finished with two wins. But we didn't finish bottom of the table. I know. So that's and a big I, positive. That's what I was going to ask. Like, that had to be something that you guys, like, noticed, right? Like, that you were you had something to play for at the 100%. end. was like – we don't want to finish in last place when we come to finish in last. That, so that's, like, cool, and it's good to have something, you know, as small as that maybe. Mm-hmm. But that's not a small thing is to not finish no, in last yeah, place. And that's, and, and that's huge in, in your first year of league because it's – then it doesn't look like an accident that you were in the league. And I think that's, yeah. a, that's a big mental win for, for, sure. for the team, for the program. Um, so, yeah. That was and big. I think just, like, overall the reaction I've seen online after every match really was positive, like, yeah. for the most – you know, for the most part because – you know, you can throw out like the first Selkna match, the very first match of the season, and then uh, the the stinker against Pampas here. Mm-hmm. Everything else was like pretty tightly contested. You had a shot to win, and it was cool to see people like recognize that. You know, it was cool to see people understand that it was. You know, it came down to a few things here and there. Um, and I was just pretty much overall impressed with the support. You know, absolutely from the community here. No, it was it was such a welcome atmosphere to come back to um, mm-hmm. and really cool to see not just because like I, I work as a part of this program but as a rugby fan in general and yeah someone that's been playing rugby in Colorado for the better part of a decade like to see professional rugby back in Colorado yes yeah. is, is very very cool to see and see kind of the community and the rugby community more specifically galvanize around that is, yeah is very nice to return to for sure get excited about something so yeah. uh, obviously like we talked about a lot of bright bright spots um, I was just wondering, too, as a staff, if there was a couple people, maybe one or two players that kind of stuck out to you, maybe caught you by surprise coming into this year, or maybe didn't catch you by surprise, people <laughs> that just were, we thought this guy was going to be really good, and he was really good. Um, Is there a couple people that stick off the top of your head? So f- for me, th- that question kind of probably has a little bit of a different answer than a lot of the coaches, because yeah. for me, it's a lot more like the, the person, because mm-hmm. um, that's who I interact with and you can speak to that uh, and yeah. absolutely and <laughs> i just want to give such a huge shout out to will crawford like is mm-hmm. just has become well already was one of the best dudes but has really cemented himself as that and just an all-around great guy and really i think embodies like what 
an American rugby player is, like in his journey and how he's mm-hmm. had to attack playing professional rugby, going back to playing club, now coming back to professional. And I think just his his journey is one that um, is probably something that a lot of American rugby players can can find similarities in to mm-hmm. an extent. Um, and just kind of seeing how he operates uh, and at, at such a high level while still being such a good dude is is something like that has just had a very significant effect on me throughout the year. So wow. big shout out to Will. Um, but a lot of the guys on the team that have, or a couple of guys that have been here from the the program's inception, like I, I think came into their own a lot this year. Like yeah. Lene Latu, like mm-hmm. he saw, I mean, he got uh, all season honors at, at fullback um, yeah. and was the voted by the players and coaches in the team awards as um, Raptors MVP for the year. And, I think he's just come such a long way uh, as a player, but re- again, like just as as a professional, um, his, his top two inches uh, and his mental game are are phenomenal, and mm-hmm. um, he's he's getting that recognition from from national looks as well yeah. in, in the in the USA player pool. So it's it's cool to see that come to fruition as well. Um, but no, we were, we were pretty lucky. We had a had a good crop of guys, and like travel is not easy. There's a lot of travel this year, and there was very, very minimal, if at all, complaining about it. So That's from good. my perspective, uh, very, very lucky that this was the crop that I got to work with. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was fun to watch. I know you mentioned Lene, like another guy that didn't get to play that much uh, due to some injury stuff was Dayton. Like it was yeah, cool. 100%. I know I have a little bit of a soft spot like you, I'm sure, for guys that have been here for yeah. the whole time. You know, they've been here since the, the switch to the crossover things and now, you know, Getting to see him like shine on this big stage was 100%. really cool. So, uh, guys like Lene and Dayton, guys who have you know been good to me Put in, the in my experience and, yeah. too. Yeah, just seem like genuine guys that, that deserve the shot, and 100%. I'm glad that they're taking advantage of it now. So, uh, cool, man. W- what's kind of like the rest of the summer look like for you guys? I know there's some talks of a, a camp potentially coming up or something like that. Yeah, camp camp potentially coming up. I know um, best part about working professional sports is you're always looking for the next star. So yeah. um, it'd be cool to see that that come to fruition and get some more names on board. And then the the fall will, will still materialize. Um, yeah. And then I know just a lot of our staff is, is taking a, a much-needed breather for mm-hmm. a second. Not to say that anyone's really stepping away from rugby. <laughs> like, I know I'm playing and coaching a lot this summer. Yeah. So, um, But, uh, yeah, it's nice that some things are kind of on the horizon right now and not immediately right in front of us. gives us a little bit of time to – kind of retrace our steps, get, get uh, a plan going, and, and attack it from a little bit more of a structured way rather than just like, oh, we're in the thick of it, yeah. here we go. <laughs> I know. I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes the rest yeah. of the year and getting back into it next year. Last thing I wanted to ask you, Scott, uh, this is a question I asked you before. Did you, what was the best airport? Did you have a favorite Ooh. airport? Easy to, easy to maneuver. Mm-hmm. What was the worst airport? Is that one easier? Ooh. Um, you gave an answer to that previous, but I don't I remember I gave, what you I said. Think I said Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta's like just huge. Hands out my least favorite airport. <laughs> it's awful. Um, I've only flown there once on accident. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, favorite airport? I want to say DIA, but that's a total cop out because we get help going. It's through. a good air. It's a good airport. We get help going through DIA though, oh, so that's good. Um, but uh, let's see. I don't think Uruguay's airport was that bad, but uh, I haven't seen the rest of them like the you have. Montevideo's airport is is pretty great, um, pretty easy. The honestly, the Sa- the Sao Paulo airport was was pretty sweet. They had a lot of good stuff. Um, 
we were there for two and a half, three hours. So <laughs> got to know it pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I like that. I mean, airports are weird because I don't have a whole lot of memory of them because yeah. that, that is a time on the trip where I can completely turn my brain off. Yeah, like, oh, you did all the work, yeah. And, and so um, most of the time I'm just happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll finish with some airport talk. Good to have you on, Scott. Thanks so much, man. Looking forward to have a good summer. I Thanks, good, Look forward to a break. Appreciate it. All right, hopefully everyone enjoyed that conversation with Scott. Appreciate Scott for coming on the show, as always. Um, good to hear kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff going on with the travel um, and what the staff's thinking moving into next year. Let's go and jump into required reading now. Required reading is brought to you by Maria Empanada. Maria Empanada is Denver's home for rugby lovers. The three convenient locations on South Broadway, Stanley Marketplace, and Riverview make it easy to pick up delicious empanadas on the way home from Rugby Town, USA. Visit MariaEmpanada.com to order yours today. Uh, this piece is entitled Debt Collectors, Dodgy Turf, and Medical Bills, The Brutal Realities of Life in MLR. This is by Peter Lucas in The Guardian. It's an interesting look at kind of what's been going on behind the scenes with the unionization of MLR players. And what I found most interesting about this piece was that it features the first comments we've heard from the league regarding this topic in the form of a MLR CEO, Nick Benson, quote, which goes like this, quote, we respect the rights of MLR players to consider union membership, but we also feel that unionization at this moment could have a profound and lasting impact on our league. We also think it is important for our players to consider all the facts about unionization and collective bargaining and benefit from hearing the position of MLR owners, coaches, and other leaders. That's an interesting quote there. It sounds like the only way that's going to happen is if they form a union and kind of carve out this time to sit at the table with these these MLR leaders um, and hear what they have to say. Um, but I'm working to get a little bit more information on that. We'll sh so hopefully have someone on to talk about it in the next couple of weeks. Let's go to move to the Stat of the Week now. Stat of the Week is presented by Catapult. Catapult is committed to making performance technology available to athletes at all levels, whether it's biggest teams and organizations in world sport or amateur rugby players. Catapult helps monitor performance like the pros. For more information, visit catapultsports.com. So I'll go ahead and give you the final try count of the season right here. Um, I can go week by week if people want, but I'll just go to the try totals. So in the lead, we had Dayton Sheridan, Watson, Fleeky Tonga tied with four apiece. Diego Fortuny, Lene Latu, Ryan James all had three. There was two penalty tries. Tommy Clark, Ethan McVie, and Sean Clark, and Ramiro Moyano, Samuel Smith, Diego Magno, and Ronan Murphy all finished with two. Franco Paillo, uh, Maaki Moody, Mikey Grandy, Aki Pulu, and Peyton Talia Leo all finished with one in total. Raptors finished with 38 tries on the year. Um, next week we'll go dive a little bit deeper into the numbers because I've been kind of going through them over the last few weeks. We should have something packaged up real nice and consumable next week that we can chat about. Let's go ahead and close the show with the loop. Loop's presented by PhysioPro. PhysioPro is an official partner of the American Raptors. Visit physio-pro.com for more information. So be sure to follow along with everything we got going on at DNVR Rugby on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby. Um, should be pumping out some good stuff just kind of as the season comes to a close. Um, some good interesting things that we can look at with all these numbers. Um, and as we get into the off season, there will, of course, be some more information. And the best place to get that is by following along. Um, and that really does it for the show. So thanks for listening. Oh, just kidding. I wanted to end with this. Uh, Nuggets in the NBA Finals right now. And if you have been listening to the show for a while, you know a couple years ago 
Uh, we, me, Brennan Vote from the DMVR Nuggets guys, we did a, a little snake draft. I think Scott's on that as well, uh, or Justin Michael. Um, Scott was on the CSU one. Justin Michael was the co-host for that, uh, but went through the all-time Nuggets, you know, roster, and, and we drafted who we thought would be the best rugby sevens player. So I thought there'd be no better time than right now to run that again. So I'll close the show with that, and hopefully enjoy that. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to another very special episode of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. I'm joined by Justin Michael of the DNVR Rams and Brendan Vo of DNVR Nuggets. How's it going, guys? Good to be back, man. Excited to keep talking rugby, excited to keep getting mocked by people online for my choices, and let's just <laughs> keep this party rolling. That's what it's all about, man. Brendan, how's it going, man? Good, man. I'm locked in. I'm locked in. I, I taught myself a lot about set, not that much actually, um, <laughs> but a fair amount about sevens in the last week. I'm ready to rock. Let's do it, man. That's good. To, that's good to hear. So if you haven't put it together, we're drafting, we're drafting a sevens team out of Nuggets players. Uh, this is one I'm particularly excited about. If, if you've seen the reaction to the, the CSU podcast that came out this week, we were kind of getting flamed up for drafting basketball players, which I think is bananas. Like, and so I wanted to take a second and read a, a tweet from our guy, Ben Pinkelman. He gave his thoughts on our CSU draft. Uh, ben Pinkelman, of course, went to CSU, and he is a star for the USA Sevens team. You can catch him in the Olympics here in a couple of weeks. And he said, I will say my favorite crossover athletes are from basketball and wrestling basketball for how they see and manipulate space and understand leave space, fill space concepts, wrestling for their contact skills, fitness and work ethic. So this Nuggets one should be fun. We now we, we don't have really an option. We have to draft basketball players this time, Justin. Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised to see the reaction um, responded and and you know, had, had a lot of praise to say about basketball players due to their, you know, space manipulation. I think everybody thinks, you know, football because of the physicality, because of the contact sport aspect. But I mean, if you watch the NBA or you watch college basketball, it's not like these guys are soft. You know, there's a ton of contact. They're really right. phenomenal athletes, like some of the most explosive individuals on the planet. So I think it makes a lot of sense that basketball players translate really well to, on the rugby pitch. Also, quick decision making right like small windows mm -hmm. um yeah. when passing and it's like a sort of you know anyone who runs the floor well who runs a, a quality fast break you could see some of those skills translating i am i am surprised to hear that though like you know basketball players very fluid athletes but typically more on the lean to even kind of brittle side yeah so i know the game changes a bit at set at sevens but i also I'm surprised to hear that there's such, you know, there's crossover success there. Cause I've yeah. I always wondered how well those guys could take just a dead on hit. You For know? sure. And I think, you know, I, I'm going to be a broken record on this, on these snake sure. drafts, but with this XO team, uh, a lot of the guys that have had a lot of success are guys with basketball backgrounds because, huh. you know, like Ben Pinkelman said, the space manipulation, the ball handling, the contact is an, is an issue for sure. It's something that they have to work on, something that they have to overcome. But, you know, I think, it's honestly like a little bit easier to learn how to tackle somebody and take a hit than it is to, you know, have all the years of experience with those ball skills and all that stuff. So, and Vo, I must say, I, before I forget to mention this, you, you kind of birthed this idea. I don't know if you remember, you came on the DMVR yep. rugby podcast uh, last April, I think. And, and we kind of went through this. I found an article. We went through their 15s team with NBA players. So, uh, you know, get the idea kicked back up talking to Justin and here we are. So thank you. Thank you for that, Brendan. 
It's fun, man. I remember that. I was thinking about that the other day. I'm stoked <laughs> to be back, dude. All right. So uh, sevens, for those that don't know, again, I'll kind of go through the spiel. Seven players on seven players, uh, two seven-minute halves with a fourteen or with a two-minute halftime, played on a full-size rugby pitch. You need to be incredibly in shape. You need to be able to tackle. You need to be uh, be able to create mismatches, all that good stuff. That's why I think basketball is going to be uh, it's going to be a good you know translation for this. So, um, people that are looking to watch sevens, there's plenty of stuff happening. You know, over the course of these next couple of weeks, by the time this comes out, the Olympics will be right around the corner. So you can. You can watch the, you listen to this draft, watch the Olympics, see if you can understand what we're talking about with this translation and the crossover ability. This is all kind of in the spirit of the XOs, the whole crossover athlete thing. So we'll go ahead and jump into the draft. We we drew numbers before we went live. So going first this time will be Justin, then it will be me, and then Brendan will wrap us around with the snake. So Justin, with the first overall pick in the Nuggets, Rugby Sevens Team Snake Draft, who are you taking? I'm going to go with the Skywalker, David Thompson. Ah, I think just one of the most explosive athletes to ever come through the Mile High City. Probably, I mean, there's there's a conversation for JR, young J.R. Smith as well in that, but probably the best dunker to ever play for the Denver Nuggets. And obviously, I think I'm going to steal some brownie points when it comes vote time just for having that premier name on the roster. Yeah. And, you know, you got to think big picture here. I'm, I'm picking first in the snake draft, so it's going to be a while before I pick again. I got that foundational piece and David Thompson to just kind of build around. I, Justin, I appreciate anybody that comes in here with the strategy. First of all, uh, I think that's a great pick. Second of all, like you said, the explosiveness, you know, that's going to translate well in any type of contact sport. Um, anything that, you know, I have to explode through. That's a, that's a good pick. You got two Sorry dogs. About that, guys. That's my dog in the background. Yeah. He he loves David Thompson as well. Yeah, he was right. stoked about the pick coming in. Indy was like, if you can get the Skywalker, you better not mess this up. And he's well, proud of the pick as well. So that's one vote already going for you. That's gonna be, that's gonna come, uh, become important here in a couple of weeks. One of the most important ones too. Yeah. I mean, in- how um how often, if at all, does like vertical leap play into sevens? I know like in the kicking game, it could come into play, but that's less prevalent in the sevens. Yeah, there's not much kicking in sevens. Like there's still, of course, you know, the the line outs, there's not really like as many set piece, you know, jumping up in the air, lifting them up. Um, But I think, you know, being that big and that long, like just even getting your hands and passing lanes and all that good stuff, kind of like basketball in a sense too, uh, just being big creates problems. And you don't have to be huge to play sevens, but as with any contact sport, it certainly does help. So pretty just general explosiveness. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're not necessarily going to have to jump through the building to be a good rugby player, but if you can jump 40 inches in the air, that's probably yeah. a good indicator of, you know, the type of leg strength that you exactly. possess. And I'm going to assume you do other things. Well, right. All right. I guess it's over to me now with my first pick. I'm going to take Allen Iverson. Uh, you know, wasn't a nugget for very long, but, but, Somebody I really wanted on my team. Uh, again, just just nice with he could do a little bit of everything. He can pass. And he also has a little bit of a football background, too. I know we're, we're talking basketball, but was an awesome football player in his time. Uh, so he he's not afraid of contact. He knows how to run the ball. I can't uh, imagine tackling Allen Iverson in any sport. No, like I don't. I don't know how you're supposed to get two arms around that dude. <laughs> the the word that comes to mind is like silky. Like he's just so like smooth, man. Like he's gonna wiggle out of tackles, mm. uh, and he's got an attitude. So I know he's not gonna be afraid to stick his nose in there when you need him to either. 
That's uh, man, you guys are killing me. Those are those are two of the picks I wanted right off the bat. They're not just the name recognition, but they're both I think actual conversion with with right. the skill sets for sure. I mean that speed, but I think you you nailed it. It's just it's also agility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was listening to you guys on the CSU draft. Sorry, my dogs are going nuts. I'll take it's care of right. this. In a second. It's okay. Um, but you were talking about how it's not necessarily just breakaway speed, too, right? Right. Um, and it's the agility. It's the changing of directions. Um, manipulating of angles and, and, and j- like seeing that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And, and Iverson just sort of has that in, in spades and naturally too. And he's a great facilitator as well when he wants to be not, ne- you know, AI is not necessarily known for being a passer, Pass first guy. but he had the ability to, you know, create for his teammates. And I don't know, man, it, it just, can you imagine like Allen Iverson running around, you know, running the triple option or something, trying to, to guard that guy, trying to tackle him as he either pitches it out to his teammate or just jukes you and leaves you with broken ankles in the dust? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I know he'd be good at it, but a big bonus is he would look awesome doing it too. And I and I need that nickname on my team. Style also. points. I, I need the answer. You know, how it's tough, you know, just having a guy with the nickname, the answer on your team is a, is a big plus too gonna sell t-shirts gonna, oh, yeah. there's tons of brand opportunities there are we concerned about work ethic and showing up for practice practice yes uh i mean i guess that's that's always in the back of your mind uh but i know he's gonna alan iverson's proven that when you know when the lights are the brightest he'll show up so <laughs> i'll take him on my spot. fair point fair point take him on it my didn't spot. hold him back in the nba so no he could uh, <laughs> yeah, he could he stay could out all night. isn't there's like famous stories about him he would stay out you know, he'd leave practice or whatever and then come to shoot around the next day wearing the same clothes. So he just was he just was lighting it up all night and then he'd go and light it up on the court. You know what? That just sounds like a gamer to me. That just sounds like a gamer. <laughs> it's all right. Anything, it's gonna be fun anything, to drink with. Too. Before Brennan, before yeah, again, another guy for the drink up afterwards. That's a huge part of rugby. Uh and if anything, that's that's like even, you know, speaks to his durability. He can stay out all night and mm-hmm. and and uh, you know, he he'll be good to go in the morning time. So Brendan, who you got for your first pick? All right, I need star power. Uh, I'm going to go with Fat Lieber. Uh, I, I like – he was well-sized for it, about 6'3", 6'4". Um, they called him the one-man fast break. So same sort of deal in terms of seeing the floor, reading angles, uh, but also just wicked passer, wicked timing. Mm-hmm. I just think if he if he's streaking down the sideline, uh, that's, t- that's tough. That's tough to stop. So I, I like Fat Lieber in this. He was one of my top picks. I think, I mean, to be honest, the three we went with here across the board were my top three. Mm, that's a good sign. Fat Lever's also going to steal the ball a lot for you too, which is important Ooh, at sevens true. also. Like if he gets in there and get you know, stealing passes and stealing balls at the breakdown, uh, he can he can rack up the steals and you need that. Possession is so important in sevens. So if you got a guy that can get you the ball back, that's uh, going to do you a lot of favors. Nice. Along that same line of thought there for my second pick, I want a two-way guy, and I might be reaching here, but I'm going to go for Gary Harris, who Dude. I, you know, he oh, played football no. in Michigan he was, State. He was on my list, man. He That's was. my guy. I got a Gary Harris jersey. I've been defending Gary Harris online, fighting everyone for four years. <laughs> Gary Harris might be better at rugby than basketball. It's he hard to say. Um, the, one, <laughs> the one thing working against him, I think, is his – like you said, he's kind of brittle. He's not the most durable guy of all time. He's guy. He's, he always, he's always a little yeah. bit nicked up. So, you know, the lower body injuries. I yeah. thought about that. 
but he's stocky. He's built for it. He mm-hmm. played football, so I'm sure he can take a hit. Yeah, he played corner um, too. That'd be like perfect for sevens, didn't he? Corner receiver. I think he was a wide receiver. Oh, he was actually, a receiver, but he might have played some play corner, corner as well. too. Sure, but, but you know, obviously, skills. we all think of Gary as a two way guy, defensive prowess. So. Yep, that's why def- lockdown defender. He's got good ball skills. That's tough, man. That's I really wanted Gary Harris, so that's a good pick. Uh, you got any thoughts on on Gary Harris before we jump into my pick, Justin? Just that I think it's a solid pick. He's one of those guys that was an underrated athlete. And and I understand that, you know, Gary had his flaws and he lost his jump shot for a while, but also just like a great locker room presence. You know, you want that guy that's going to keep everyone together. That's Gary in a nutshell. So I like that as a strong foundational piece. You already got fat, fat lever. Who's going to be kind of like your superstar. Now you got Gary Harris to kind of keep everybody together, keep everyone in line, just be a strong workhorse. All right. So like I was mentioning earlier, I always make a couple of mock drafts that kind of tanked one of my mock drafts. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back to the well, I think with my second pick, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Nick Van Exel. Oh man. Dang it. Almost eight and a half assists per game. So I know he knows how to pass the ball. I know he could be a good facilitator and that's what sometimes, you know, I don't need him to make long runs and he can do it. But I know he's going to find the right man. He's going to find the open man. He's going to make good decisions with the ball. So I want Nick Van Exel on my team. Man, that's good. That's you good. get the he's attitude too. too. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, a little bulldog need, like Nick Van Dyke. I'm reading um, I'm reading a book about the Shaq Kobe Lakers right now, and that's there's a whole chapter on Nick Van Exel and just his abrasiveness and you know kind of grew up me against the world mentality, which feels like it would be great on the rugby pitch. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a great point. Big time. Great I'm I'm very pleased with that pick. Uh, and I would have picked Gary Harris if you didn't take him, honestly, Brendan. I, I don't think that was a reach at all. Let's go. So that's a good plan B. Justin, go ahead and make your second and third picks. Oh, man. my I'm in shambles right now. I, I, <laughs> a lot of, lot of foundational pieces just flying off the board. All right. I've stalled long enough. I'm going to go – I'm going to go Chauncey Billups, you know, mm. the king of Park Hill. Yep. I need a I need a facilitator. He's a little bit stockier, you know. I don't think he's going to have any issues with the with the physicality. But again, I just want a leader. That's a great pick. Obviously, pick. Uh, I guess by the time this comes out, people will know I picked Chauncey Billups in the CU draft. So that you know he was on my CU team. I he went through my mind if I if would I be a hypocrite if I didn't draft him in the Nuggets draft as well. That's I guess that's to be determined. That's for the people to decide. <laughs> it's a great pick. It's also the CO rep, which is which is always yeah, wise in these exercises. Chauncey was my uh, was my fat replacement if I couldn't get to him. I, I, you can't really go wrong with either of those guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good pick. Yes, that's a good pick, Justin. You want to give us your third round pick? Yeah, here's where I struggle because a lot of the I mean, there's still a couple of guys I'm targeting, but a lot of the guards that I really wanted are kind of off the board at this point. And I know that traditionally you don't really go height. Like, you know, I'm not going to take a seven foot two guy. Cause I just don't think he's going to have the the mobility for, for rugby sevens, but I am going to go a little bit bigger in uh, the manimal Kenneth Farid, because oh, it's just dude. all hustle, you know, all physicality. And I just think he's one of those guys that's going to be a fan favorite. I had a feeling that, like there was part of my brain that thought Kenneth Freed might slide. Like he might just be forgotten about. He, Me too. Know, I thought I, I could exactly s- that's pick him I, up late. I had him yeah. on my mock. I had him at my seventh pick. I thought I could get him all the way at the end. And I obviously was very wrong. 
Uh, yeah, but just a, a ball of energy, a guy that's going to work. He's going to do the the dirty work, right? The big part of rugby, like Pinkelman was saying, is work rate. You need guys that are, mm-hmm. you know, going to keep going at back in the tackles again and again. They're going to go try and steal the ball. Like, they got to do the dirty stuff. They're going to get into rucks. Kenneth Reed would be, like, the perfect guy for that because he's just a big ball of energy. That's how he played basketball. Sprint up and down the floor, get the rebounds, get putbacks. That's a great pick. Really good. Nickname, too. Oh yeah, you know, I, want, I want a couple of guys on the team. You got the answer. I, I now I got I got the manimal, which I can put that on T-shirts. You know, I can put that on posters around town. Got to think of the branding. That is that is a good one. I guess uh, for me, for my third pick, this is tough, man. This is tough. This is not going how I anticipated it was going to go. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to take. I think I'm honestly going to take Ty Lawson here. Oh, you son of a gun. <laughs> Give me Lambo Lawson. That guy's super fast. Again, guy that can fill up the, the stat sheet in the assist category. Uh, I think he had six and a half assists per game on average. So, you know, again, another. I just want guys with good decisions. They make good decisions on the basketball court. Ty Lawson didn't always make the, the best decisions off the basketball good court. But, good good um, clarification there. <laughs> when he's on the field, I know he's going to go the right place with the ball. Uh, and so more with like the, the football ones, like the two college ones we've done, I've tried to get guys that, have, you know, are, are sure tacklers. I don't want my team to miss a lot of tackles with this one. I'm going with the guys that I think are going to make the best decisions with the, with the ball in their hands. So that's why I'm taking Ty Lawson here. And he's super fast. Yeah, that, that's, that's the one, the speed, um, squirrely and well undersized for the NBA pretty well yeah. sized for sevens. I think that's a, yeah, I'm sure you, you know, so a lot of people like small NBA players are just still like giant humans, right? Yeah, <laughs> we really like forget the the small guys. You know, like it right, Facundo Campazzo. These are guys I'm look. We're at like eye level, right? But for the most part, even some of the guys we think of as small, Chris Paul, Steve Nash, you know those types. Still, they're six feet tall guys, yeah. you know. Justin. I literally I looked up Trey Young the other night because when I think of he looks so frail, he looks so scrawny. We're literally the exact same size. We're both 6'1, 180. And I was right. like, oh, that's what well, I would look like if I was standing next to a bunch that's of right. six. I was, ha- I was having lunch with people yesterday, and this was the day after that, you know, Giannis hit him in the face on that challenge on that three. And the yeah. way that Trey Young was like, you hit me in my fit, he was seriously looking up like straight up in the air. Straight up. And, I was <laughs> like, and you're you're six foot one. You're not a small person by any stretch of the imagination. The biggest guys move so quickly that from a broadcast angle distance, you actually really can't comprehend. You can't give yourself the context for how big they are. If you're lucky enough to see a basketball game at lower level, then it really, then it dawns on you. Like these guys are freaks. Yeah. Every last one of them. Yes. So that that's my Ty Lawson pick. I'm, I'm kind of glad this went on this little uh, tire. Right I had that one as well. <laughs> Brendan, you, you're up for your next two. Uh, um, oh, by the way, important. Important side note, my chair's broken, so if it sounds like I'm just ripping wind on your podcast. Yeah, I didn't know if you had, what, Chipotle or something? Yeah, no, 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 that's my chair. That's my chair. good. Uh, All right, two picks. You guys took both the guys I wanted there. Um, (laughs) I'm going to call back. I'm going to go to Jameer Nelson. Dude. Uh, One of Jokic's OG, you know, true point guard. Mm -hmm. Really unlocked a lot of stuff for Jokic. Great player, Jameer Nelson. Loved by teammates, uh, high motor, just a guy who's played hard, some dating back to college. Um, and again, similar thing, like 
we think of him as someone who sort of overcame size issues. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't really be a difference on this field or an issue on this field. Um, quick decision maker, stocky, uh, and you like gamers. You were you were saying Colton, you want guys who will who will take a hit and pop right back up, get back in there. Um, that's Jameer to me. So I'm taking him. That's a great pick, and, and regrettably was not even on my board. I knew there was going to be some people that kind of slipped through the cracks. Sure. Like, as I was going back through some of, you know, not the best eras in Nuggets basketball, he was for sure obviously one that slipped through the cracks. But I think that's a one I didn't think about until now, but that's an awesome pick. I think that's kind of a steal, honestly. There's one more guard I want, but I feel pretty confident that this guy will slip through too. Bold. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. <laughs> Bold. And I want to take pretty much my only big guy on the board here. I'm going to take Aaron Gordon. He was who, on my list. That's when healthy. Aaron Gordon, that's a good pick. I think in in Denver we saw him look more like a lumbering tight end with some like versatile utility than what he was in Orlando, which was more of a straight line, like breathtaking, jaw dropping athlete. I wonder how much of that is this latest injury, injuries from his entire career taking a toll. Um, all the same, this guy is a little more fluid and explosive than we saw in Denver. I know he can take those grueling shoulder bumps. He can, he, he's strong as hell. Uh, I really like Aaron Gordon in pretty much any athletic competition. So I feel good about this. That's another good pick. He was one that was on my board. And like you said, I think maybe people don't look at him in that same light because of the, this very short stint in Denver right now. But again, kind of like, Kind of, you know, his Orlando time like gives me uh, Kenneth Reed vibes a little bit, just of the way. Sure. That, yeah, just a ball of energy, you know, jumping out of the gym uh, that will do you. Like, and he's built like a freaking statue too, so that oh, helps dude. also. Like a Greek god, <laughs> chiseled from stone. Man, I, I can go a lot of different directions here for this pick. Um, who do I want to take here? I don't have I don't have much size, but I think I want to take one more guard, well, at least one more guard, and I'm going to take Nate Robinson. I forgot about Nate Robinson. I'm going to take Nate Robinson. I had him on my list. Another yeah, uh, really guy, explosive yeah, too. explosive guy jumps out the gym. That's literally what the notes I had on him: explosiveness. Uh, he played football, right? Yeah, and he was I a good football. He, he played corner, right? He was the that's one right. That played he was the one yeah. at, at UW, wasn't it? At Washington. That sounds right. I'm about so, to fact check. You yes, must think you're right. Yes, please do that. So again, another guy is not going to be afraid of the physicality, uh, good ball skills again. So I know he's going to catch the balls that come his way. He's going to have a, a good anticipation as well. So I'll take Nate Robinson there. Did get knocked out by one of the Pauls though. You know, I forgot about that, but we're not boxing. <laughs> 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 we're not boxing. We're playing rugby. So. Uh, as long as no no uh, punches start getting thrown, I think we'll be okay. He, by the way, he was a corner. He was a corner in Washington. He was quite good too. I did forget the point. Nate Robinson's stonks are pretty low right now, though. I did that. forget. I kind him. of yeah. That that I totally blocked that out of my mind. That that makes me second guess that pick right there. I could have gone a couple different directions, and I went with Nate Robinson, who is uh, not going to get the the play for the what happened recently, but I'll still take him for his basketball for his <laughs> basketball ability transition into rugby ability. Fair, nice, good pick. Fair, <laughs> Justin, you're up. All right, I guess I'm up for my two picks again. I don't know. I got kind of a weird configuration going right now, size wise, but. I think I could use uh, another guard, somebody a little bit quicker. I'm going to go back to the 90s and take uh, Muhammad Abdul-Ralph. I knew it. I knew you would. 
he's very at the time, I guess, was kind of controversial, was like kind of Colin Kaepernick-esque in the way he took a stand with against the National Anthem, which I actually didn't realize. I went back and learned that kind of recently when I was doing research for this. So shout out to him for sticking to his principles. But beyond that, I just, I need a facilitator. He's quick. He participated in the slam dunk contest. So that kind of shows some explosiveness that he possesses. And uh, just, uh, I need a, another facilitator. So that's where the reasoning goes there. Everything I've read about him, too, he's like addicted to practice. So I know that he would get the basic skills of rugby down very quickly. He, he would put like himself that. and he can put a ball through, you know, on target wherever he's aiming for really well. He's a great mm-hmm. shooter. So I think he could do the same with the rugby ball. He, he's probably pretty dialed in with that ball. I would hope so. <laughs> you need him to. I took him, right? Yeah, so you need him to be dialed <laughs> I'm invested in him now. Um, with my next pick, though, starting off the uh, fifth round, we're kind of flying I here. I know, we are, we're flying here. I'm going to go Alex English. Uh, maybe a little bit big at six foot seven, but a great athlete, another guy who moved well. And again, I'm, I think I'm going to steal some brownie points when it comes voting time for, yeah. for having him and David Thompson on the roster and Chauncey. I'm a little surprised that he went this late in a way. Me too. Because I mean, until until Jokic plays basketball for a couple more years, he's like the top of all the Nuggets cat like statistical leaders, pretty much. He, he, he's the goat, right? Yeah, Unless you're yeah. a big mellow stand. Yeah, I, no, I mean, I'm you know, which is not me, not me personally. either. So yeah, I'll be. We're not tipping. Picks I'm a mellow here, guy. Um, oh, I'll, I'll put it out there. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit it. I, I don't like. I wouldn't have liked the Denver Nuggets if it wasn't for. Carmelo that's true. Anthony. I'm on. So that. he's always gonna have a soft spot in my heart in that regard. I'm on that boat too right now. Like I appreciate what he's done. And again, like that was the first Nuggets jersey I had. I had a mellow jersey that I would used to wear to Friday Night Live every Friday night at the rec center. Um, but you know, I I cannot like him for now. Once once it's time to celebrate, Mello, I'll be I'll be you know I'll be there celebrating with you know, him. But I I just got to catch myself, guys, just in case I get I get destroyed for this. Jokic is at this point two first team All NBAs, <laughs> MVP, second team. Jokic, it's no longer longevity. He's probably the goat nugget. But to your point, Alex English was absolutely yes. that guy. No, he and I yeah, like I said, just as the few more years go by and he pads right. those stats a little bit more, it'll be absolutely no debate at all. But I agree with you, Brendan. He's uh, he's well on his way. Uh, but you know, one of the big things with Alex English is minutes played, man. Like he, that guy could chew up some minutes, and you need somebody that's going to play a lot of minutes, and not you know, not be looking the sideline, tapping their head, take me out. Alex English has what's the, the what's the sub deal in Sal? Like how frequent? You know what I mean? Like, if you're a starter, are are you out? How much of the game are you out there for? It depends. It's very like strategic. Like, there's you know, there's two guys on the USA Sevens right now, Carl and Isles and Perry Baker. Like, those guys are just like pure speed. So, like, sometimes one of them will play first half, the second one will come on play second half. So it's just like it's gotcha. basically it's basically like it's very strategy based, not necessarily you know I'm dead tired. But uh, I guess it just kind of depends on what you're trying to do. But I think. I don't know off the top of my head if there's like a cap. Like I think the sevens rosters are so very small. Like I don't know if it's you can only sub three or whatever. Sure. And sure. maybe that's a bad look for me, but that's just not. That's but it's that's it's not like you're changing this every point. No. Yeah. Like, it's not like, like hockey lines. It's not sure, like sure, sure. you go play a thirty minute or a thirty second shift and then you come off and we put a fresh guy on. So gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Once you're once you're out, you're out. Unless it's okay. of course for like okay. a blood sub or something. 
So conditioning is king here. Oh yeah, huge, is... huge. You, I know Nate Ebner is a guy that played for the Patriots, played plays for the Giants currently. Um, he played in the last Olympics on the USA Sevens team. He was trying to make it this year, but uh, you know, had some surgery after the Giants season, and he's in the, the timetables aren't going to align. So he just pulled out this last week. But he's gone on record saying that training, like trying to be fit enough to make it on the Olympic Sevens team, was the hardest thing he's ever done. Like oh, wow. Harder than NFL training camp, harder than, you know, winning a Super Bowl, like all that stuff, like getting fit enough to play sevens in the Olympics was the hardest thing he's ever done. Man, I believe it, man. These guys are beasts. Yeah. And I guess that kind of goes to Pinkelman's point with like the wrestling aspect of it, because you got to be crazy in shape to wrestle. Great cardio, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, most guys are either getting rocked by grown men yeah. or covering miles in a sprint. And in sevens, you're really doing both yeah, in a way. Doing both of them. <laughs> I'm not sure any other sport can, can yeah. claim that. I need to get, I need to see, you know, the Travis uh, Haugen here at the Colorado Exos. <laughs> he's like the data guy. And he's mm -hmm. fed me some pretty interesting numbers about, you know, data from 15th matches of this guy's running seven miles or something like that like i'd be super interested to see some of the gps tracker information on the backs of these guys playing sevens that'd be crazy i have one more set yeah sevens for question for you um does the u.s typically do better in sevens than traditional rugby yeah and that's that's a great question because the athletes here are kind of like tailor-made for sevens and sevens mm -hmm. really has just been getting popular again in the last 10 years because it got re-added to the olympics like i remember getting into rugby in like 2010 2011 that was like a big selling point was like this is going to be in the olympics soon and you know as uh as there's more opportunity and stuff for it of course like they'll the usa just getting better and better there i think very realistically the women's team should medal this year and, and the men's team should make a serious run out of medal so it's, it's a perfect time to get into rugby which is why i'm Sweet. glad we're doing this we're talking about the crossover because it's gonna be super fun to watch once we get into the olympics here in a couple of weeks Cool. I'm pumped for the Olympics to be back. Just like a little yeah. side note, rugby is going to be awesome, but just the Olympics as a whole, you know, getting to see, like it's I'm looking best. forward to watching Monte and Faku and some of these guys. Right. It's going to be, it's going to be a good time. I've had a good time even watching some of these qualifiers. Like I know like a bunch of the track and field stuff's been on yeah. this week, like waiting for the, the NHL and the NBA playoffs to start. I've been flipping around and I'm watching some people run the, you know, 1500. I'm watching some triple jump. I just like watching this, this stuff. I don't get to see that much. Sure. USA, baby. And it's like, on one hand, it's probably going to be a mess, a little bit rushed, probably ill-advised, <laughs> totally. the whole operation. Yeah. 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 On the other, once it's here, I'm going to be probably easy for me to say as not an athlete, but glad that they rushed it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool. The world is waking back up again, or at least in, in the States, it feels like we're close. Right. And I don't know, man, I'm, I'm excited to get into something like this. That's sort of like, oh yeah, like living life, like normal life, being excited about sports right. and, and community and all that stuff. And the cool thing and about these guys just have such small windows. Like you, as as nervous as I am for the complications that could come from this, and that's a very realistic fear. Like when you realistically have one Olympics, maybe two if you're lucky to kind of leave your mark, just because right. they're only every four years. Like it's easy for us to say they shouldn't have them. When some of these people are like, I've been training for five years for yeah. this, yeah, mm. and this could very well be my only shot to go. Right, like you were yeah. saying, you 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 can just catch the window wrong you know, the, the eight years pass and you're already well into your thirties and it's even that much harder to complete Pete with a 24 year old. That's been given this all since the, you know, they were 20. What so a lifestyle. And the cool thing about the sevens team too, is there should, 
you know, obviously the team hasn't been selected. I think the, the men's team is selected on the 20 or July 2nd. Uh, but there should be two Colorado guys. Bang Pinkelman should make the team. He competed in the last one. He's in the World Cup. So he's kind of like a, a centerpiece of the core that the Sevens team has been building. And then Cody Melfi's another guy. Went to Heritage High School down in Littleton. Um, he didn't make the Sevens team, the Olympic team last time around. Uh, but he's, you know, 28, entering the prime of his athletic career. So he's a, another guy that could be on the Sevens team as well. So could have two Colorado guys to root for too. That's awesome. That's great. And this all started with Justin's pick of Alex English, so I guess it's back to me now. Good pick with Alex English, Justin. <laughs> if I was going to say, part. where are we in the draft? <laughs> I'm taking notes. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm taking notes here. So I guess it's back to me. I have no size on my team, really. So Nobody's I'm going to be able to keep up with you, though. You got yeah. AI, Ty Lawson, and Nate Robinson, and it's not and like who, Van Exel. And when, and when I say size, I'm not. I don't mean. I don't have any trees. Like, you know, I, I need. I need at least one bigger guy. And Do you have Fareed or is that Justin? That's that Justin. Me. Justin has Fareed. Justin. So, yeah, I'm strictly, yeah, I'm Allen Iverson, Nick Van Exel, Ty Lawson, Nate Robinson right. right now. So oh, you're kind of small, dude. I'm small, you're small. I'm quick. I'm, I'm quick, though. So, I, I need to take at least a big guy, and I want a big guy with some attitude. So, I'm going to take Kenyon Martin. Great. I was going to suggest that was going to be my seventh round pick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take Kenyon Martin. Uh, just give me a bulldog. Give me a guy who'll, uh, he'll hit you, and then he'll let you know that he hits you. Uh, some more <laughs> attitude on my team. Is fighting allowed in rugby? No, that's something that I might have to budget for. It happens, and then like it's like hockey where there'll be like the the tussles, and it's just kind of like, yeah, hey guys, stop! Like once right. they, once they separate right, it, right. it's like okay, we're good. We kind of worked it out. Obviously, you can't just haul off and punch somebody in the face or get kicked out for that. But you know, there's some there's some tussling that goes on, and I want Kenyon Martin on my team for that. It's a good pick. My one concern would be if an Aaron elbow hits Kenyon or something, he's throwing a punch. Um, every time, but I, dude, you're right. You got the size, you got the attitude, you got a guy who's not afraid of the nature of the game. I would imagine. I like that pick. You know, is he cardio wise? Is that a concern? I mean, you got four guys that are going to be burners. So I guess you can kind of use them to offset his lack of movement. Yeah, that could be a concern. Uh, but I'm hoping that, that we can get Kenyon Martin in a a daily training environment and we can get his heart beaten uh, the way it should be. I like it. Brendan, back to you for five and six. I'm going to take RJ Hampton very briefly at Denver Nugget. Very briefly. (laughs) Um, Maybe the, maybe the fastest top speed nugget. I don't know about if he's quite as shifty, you know, as, as the answer or Ty Lawson, but when he breaks out into a full sprint, um, Look, this is a bit of a stretch. He was drafted by the Nuggets. I'm taking it. I, this guy, that, that dude is dynamic. Like if yeah. you, if he hits a superstar kind of thing, which is a big if, but like that's the Russell Westbrook cloth. You know what I mean? Of just like, where did that guy go? And right. how is he still going? So I want that on my team. One thing you have working in your favor with RJ Hampton too, is he did play basketball for a year in New Zealand. So he has some familiarity. He has to have some familiarity with rugby. Right. Like he might know yeah. that he doesn't want to do it, that he's yeah. not cut out for it at all. Yeah, but if he really <laughs> um, tried and put his mind to it, he could be good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's hard to catch, so <laughs> that helps. Um, and now I'm stuck, man. This is six. I get one more. Yeah, right? you're at this yeah. is six for you. <sighs> kind of a weird pick. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take Tory Craig. He was on my list. Um, who I think just really tough guy. Um, 
prone to getting his face busted up for absolutely mm-hmm. no reason. So if he's got to stick <laughs> some cotton, cotton swabs yeah, up there, like tampons. That's yeah, what, he's been there before, right? Yeah, that's what um, that was the trick when I broke my nose playing rugby. They shoved tampons in my nose. He's tough. He's strong. He's a good. Uh, he's a good defender. I'm not sure how that translates, but I'm going to take that as a point for myself anyway. And then offensively, you know, the lack of skill. <laughs> um, maybe that can be mitigated a bit by just being athletic, which he is. That pops way more when he's playing in the G League than the NBA. But he's actually quite athletic. I think Torrey Craig would be a sneaky good rugby player. I agree with you because he may, his numbers may not be there, but he's another guy that's like the work rates there. He's gonna do yeah, yeah. he's gonna do the dirty work for you, and you need guys like that. You need guys like Torrey Craig to stick their nose in there and try to steal you the ball back so that you can give it to, you know, uh, R.J. Hampton, and, and he can just do the rest of the work, right? Right. So right. he was on my list. That was one I was you know contemplating taking towards the closer towards the end, but that's a good pick. All righty. All righty. Back to you guys. I got one left. Back to me, I guess. Give me J.R. Smith here. Ah, I forgot about J.R. Give me J.R. He's on my list, too. I'm looking right now. Here's here's the notes I had on J.R. Smith, why I think he'd be good at rugby. Explosive. He had some of, like, arguably the the best dunks in in Nuggets history, recent Nuggets history, at least. Give me that 360 dunk. Like, give me all those crazy dunks. So, again, he can jump out of the gym. He's explosive. Uh, And he's not going to think too much. I don't know. I don't want a guy that's thinking a lot. I want a guy that's going to get the ball and just run. You know, we 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 have, right. the, we have the image of of LeBron being like, "What are you doing, J.R. Smith? Shoot the ball, man!" So he's not going to think that much, but that's okay. But just give him the ball, let him run, let him make tackles, uh, and he's not afraid to take risks. That guy jacked up a lot of threes, so I know that uh, you know he might he might roll the dice and try to shoot a gap that maybe he shouldn't shoot, and you know sometimes it's going to pay off and sometimes it's not. So I'll take J.R. Smith with my sixth pick. That's a good one. It's a good one. I'm surprised he, he on slid list. this far, to be honest. Me too. I mean, he was, he was, he, there are other hyper athletes, you know? Yeah. Um, And like JR, how does JR take a hit? That's a question. That question extends to RJ Hampton as well, but <laughs> it's there. It's there for JR. Honestly, for a lot of the basketball guys, like, how are they going to respond? Yeah. So yeah. The, the contact piece of it, we, you know, we can teach that. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Let's get them out there running around, passing the ball. We'll, like see, what, we'll see what happens. Justin, you're up. Oh, man. It's my last two picks. Yep. Big pressure. All right. Let's see. I got David Thompson, Chauncey, Fareed, Muhammad Abdurrahman, Alex English. I'm going to go with the sixth-round pick. I'm going to go Monte Morris. Great facilitator, great team player. I think he'd be able to take a hit. He just seems kind of tough. Like I, I, yeah. I don't foresee that being an issue for him. I like. That. I'm just a big Monte Morris guy. I, I think most of Denver is at this point. But how do you not love a guy like that? Incredibly efficient too. He's not going to turn the ball over a lot, and he's going to make the right decision uh, more often than not. So that's a good pick too. I think. Maybe the anti J.R. Smith, if we're <laughs> kind of comparing like mindsets. Yeah. <laughs> And both can be beneficial, I think. You know, both both can can play the their roles. I think you're, yeah. Now, this is where I struggle because, like, I could take just – I could go for brand name with the last pick and just take Nikola Jokic, even though I, I don't know if he is going to move. Like, if we're being, if <laughs> we're being honest with ourselves, it's sevens, and Jokic right. is not going right. to fit into that. But I might just steal votes simply from having him on the roster, but – 
I'm I'm going about this with integrity. I've built I've built the <laughs> roster with strategy so far. Yes. I'm gonna go Andre Miller. Dang. Dude, I knew it. I yeah. was gonna guess that. I knew it. <laughs> he was on my list too. That's tough. Old man game for sure. He's a, yeah, that's what I was like. The, does the old man YMCA game like? Is there an old man rugby game? Oh yeah, that's the old boys man. Like if you go to any tournament, like you'll have a you'll have like a senior division. They call them the old boys. So Andre Miller would light up the old boys the old boys tournament for sure. He, again, like I think there's value in in the saucy passes and the smart. You know, act like you're gonna do something, do something else. Like a lot of dummy lines, dummy passes, all that stuff. Uh, he was on my list, and I, I think I, you know, I was seriously consider him taking him with my next pick here. Uh, but also, well, we should clarify: there's a big difference between like 2004 Andre Miller <laughs> yes. and 2013. Yes, the second stint. The second stint's the one that sticks in my brain, unfortunately. He blocked Dirk at one point, and it was like 2005 or 2006. Nuggets were playing at the Mavs. It was like a Sunday afternoon game. I don't know why this sticks out in my memory so much. I guess it's just because it was so random. Like, did Andre just block Dirk? Who did? Who were some? Who were some uh, guys that Nate Robinson blocked? Nate Robinson blocked some huge guys too. Yeah, Yao Ming. That's the famous one. Yeah, he he blocked some big guys too. So, and I remember Andre Miller. Like my, I was not like a huge Andre Miller guy that. whatever 57 win nuggets here how many how yeah. many games they won then they got uh worked by the warriors but he did hit that game winner he hit the game winner in the in the game one of that warrior series it was like a very it was like a layup i think they kissed it off the glass with a couple seconds to play and without that win they would have got swept they lost that series 4-1 dude he's a he's a great like you people may have only seen Andre Miller for certain slices of his career, yeah. but the total body of work, like that's a that was a solid, solid NBA career. He was and a great player. I think like, also one of the best college basketball players of, of you know the late nineteen nineties. Those Utah teams were really, really good, and that's kind of my brand, right? I'm one of the college sports guys, so I got to stay true to that. <laughs> and on, I think Andre Miller, the way he played basketball, he might save his body too, honestly, in rugby, just because he he is crafty and he knows, you know. I, I can I can take it in this far and then pass it over here and I won't get hit and save my save my body a little bit you know wear yeah. and tear so he he might have that going for him too. Okay, man, I guess this is back to me for my last pick. This is tough. I, I'm honestly pretty happy with the team that I've put together, and I think with my last pick, let's make sure he's not taken. I don't know. I got to stall here. I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> I'm take Jamal Murray. I'm take Jamal Murray. Uh, you know, Circus does. He, he, I think of that that spinning layup. I think you know, he changed hands in there. He, he's another guy who can handle the ball. Uh, another explosive guy uh, can run a little bit. I'm going to take Jamal Murray here. Bigger too. I don't know if I yeah, see him taking hits though. You're gonna definitely get votes, and he's a great athlete. I'm he, not. He, I, I love Jamal. Got his. Jersey. He would get. He'll get up every time. Yeah. Like whether his Good body point. can handle it or not, <laughs> fine. But he'll get up every time. Another guy. I like his attitude. He's not scared of anybody. I yeah. want that on my team. With what we're working with here, I'm happy. I'm very happy with Jamal Murray at seven. Well, and playing with Nick Van Exel and Allen Iverson, it's inevitably going to take his and Kenyon Martin. It's inevitably going to take his chippiness to a new level because just being. I mean, your roster, like, hopefully you guys don't kick that, get kicked out of the league because you're going to be starting fist fights and, like, talking trash, Dude, and it's going to be excellent. But. I would I would much rather have that team than a team that's just going to, you know, take it. 
Is we're not taking any. Like we're not taking exactly. We're not taking any of this stuff. I'm very pleased with the team I put together. Brendan, give us Mr. Irrelevant. We'll go through everyone's team, and then we'll go through some honorable mentions. Mr. Irrelevant, one of the more slept-on electrifying dunkers of the 90s. A bit of a Google job for some. I can't claim to have seen him much. I'm going to take the Pac-Man, Robert Pack. And if you don't know, Google him. This man is jacked. (laughs) This man can jump. This man had speed. Some injuries cut his his career a little short. but like literally just Google image him and yeah, he's cut out for it. Like this is a really strong, you know, guard size guy and uh, he can run a little bit. So I don't think I'm going to get many, like there aren't a lot of pack stands out there, you know, but I think he's going to actually be good at the game. I appreciate that, but you had a strategy. Like you put thought into it. You did your research and that's, I appreciate that, Brendan. Thank for you for sure, man. He's got Jimmy Butler guns, this. man. Look at these biceps. <laughs> yeah, show this. He's jacked. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pull up a quick Google search too. The, you know. All right, guys. I, I, how are you guys feeling with your teams? I'll go ahead and read them off. So for Justin, we've got David Thompson, Chauncey Billups, Kenneth Reed, Mahmoud Abdul, Ralph, Alex English, Monty Morris, Andre Miller. I've got Allen Iverson, Nick Van Exel, Ty Lawson, Nate Robinson, Kenyon Martin, J.R. Smith, Jamal Murray. Brennan's got Bat Lever, Gary Harris, Jameer Nelson, Aaron Gordon, R.J. Hampton, Tory Craig, and Robert Pack. I guess feeling off with your teams. Man, I love my squad. I don't think like, you know, the name recognition's, I think, lowest for me. Like, I think I would pick up the least amount of casual voters, but... If someone were to try to engage in the exercise, like I think I have a like a well balanced like this roster looks the that. part. Yeah, yeah. You also have the the best Orlando Magic sevens team too. That's right. <laughs> Holy shit! I didn't even realize that. <laughs> With Gary Harris, Jameer Nelson, Aaron Gordon, R.J. Hampson, you just rattled off four. I literally just great picked Magic, magic. players. Right there All you needed was Evan Fournier, and you would have had a starting right. five. Uh, Can I get Howard. Young Shaq too while yeah. we're at it? Yeah, Young Shaq, <laughs> Penny, Penny Hardaway, dude. That's dude, a stellar team. That kid. <laughs> Uh, just running through that. I'm honestly very happy with my team. I'm kind of not loving my Kenyon Martin pick the more I think about it. Mm. In the moment, I was a fan. Uh, but but he just, you know, maybe he's not going to fit that well. But like you said, my team's going to be some some mean bastards for sure. I'm a little like worried it. about my speed. I don't know if I've got guys to kind of take those tries on the outside. Yeah. Like, I might need Kenneth Fareed to kind of just run like a bulldog and see if people can like bring him down. Honestly, yeah, you you could get away with playing some bully ball. Like you might end up having to beat teams like fifteen to ten or something. But yeah, mm-hmm. a win's a I'll win, right? <laughs> wins yeah. on the schedule. Uh, do you guys want to get into some honorable mentions, Justin? Did you have any that that kind of slipped through the cracks here? Yeah, there uh, just a couple. Um, I thought Jalen Rose had a decent chance of mm-hmm. going just because he's a pretty good athlete. But then again, it's like he's 6'8", so it's a tough frame. Obviously, you know, Carmelo Anthony, just because of name recognition. Do you you think we're going to get flamed up for not drafting Melo? Like you think – I think somebody, somebody, especially if they don't listen to the podcast and like actually how we're building these rosters and explaining it, which as we saw with the CSU, there are plenty of those people who are just going to look at the graphic and and respond, but – I didn't I even have him on my list. No, I yeah, didn't. Ha- I, I didn't have, have him, him on my list. Board. I wouldn't even take him if we were playing 15s, honestly, because Melo is like the antithesis of rugby, right? Like he's everything that you shouldn't be in rugby. He's not going to play good defense. He's not going to pass the ball very much. He'll play a lot of minutes, I guess, but 
you know, is he going to do the stuff you actually yeah. need him to do? Mm. I really wanted to take Gallo. Gallo, um, yeah. I thought he might be a little bit too big. I mean, Gallo could move pretty – 2013 Gallo could move really well. You know, he could run. He could dunk. He was exciting. This current Gallo is a much different player. He's so stiff, man. <laughs> yeah, That's it's, so it's, it's honestly he hard to nice watch. He had a nice little uh, breakaway him. dunk the other night, and he started giving him the chest point as he's running back. Like <laughs> He cracks me up, man. Love the rooster. And then uh, just JaVale McGee and Marcus Canby, who I think are too big, yeah. but are good enough athletes to where I consider just for the – for their defensive prowess you know they can move a little bit better than Jokic. same with Matumbo. like all these guys are dominant athletes i just i don't see them translating in sevens would we have been allowed to take spencer haywood yeah yeah sure i think so i was good if we can take rj hampton yeah Yeah. i was gonna say i stretched it pretty thin yeah i I, he was on my list just i was you know going through the the spencer haywood hits and uh he had a 19 i think i wrote it down it's not like almost 20 rebounds per game like that one season with the Rockets and the in the ABA. So well, that's he, why I almost took Danny Issel because it's yeah. like kind of a similar toughness, kind of revered for that. But again, it was like in 15s, I think Issel probably has a spot to be rough and tough. But in sevens, I was just like, I'm going to take Farid if I'm taking a big guy because I want somebody that can move. Yeah, I agree. He was on my list too. Antonio McDice, uh, he chewed mm-hmm. up some minutes also. He's, I think he would have been good for that. Uh, Lafonso Ellis, another guy on my list that didn't oh. get drafted, so we yeah, might we might take some heat for that. But that that's kind of it. Everybody else, like I, I was very serious. I I didn't think that I thought Kenneth Freed would slip. I thought guys like Tory Craig. I didn't think he would get drafted. He was on my list too. Uh, so this draft really did not go the way that I I had envisioned it going, and that's what I like. I like I'm here for the the chaos, man. I have uh, my my alternates are weird. I think you guys. So how about the ultimate reclamation project in Emmanuel Moutier? Oh, he's uh, so- who had the physical profile to make it in the NBA, never quite or to this date hasn't quite worked out. Right. Um, I, he but- was on my list too. Like when I was going through last minute preparations, I was like, should I put Emmanuel Moutier? Speaking on here? of Emmanuel Moutier, literally, I got one of those horrible like Facebook memories. That's like, look at one of the embarrassing things you posted mm-hmm. like six years ago or whatever. Uh, on this day in 2015, a young Justin Michael posted, the Nuggets absolutely killed it with the Emmanuel Moutier selection. Oof. Always been a Lawson supporter, but it's time to move on. So I was half right. It was time to move on, but they yeah. did not kill it with the Moutier selection. We've come a long way, guys. Didn't Moutier, Dark times. Moutier put Steph Curry in a blender one time, I think. It was like his first or second year, and I, I was at the game, and I was like, this guy's going to be awesome, and he just wasn't. I could see, yeah. I could see the transition to rugby though, for sure. He's he that is he is like a specimen. Yeah. So I think I could see that. The other guy, if I was going for defense, hard nose trash talker, um, defensive specialist Dante Jones, I was mm. going to take. Yeah, that's um, a good one. But that, that and then Aaron Aflalo, just because he, he's like guard size. Yeah. I honestly though like Aaron Aflalo, even in basketball, kind of boring. Just kind of a boring <laughs> prospect. So I left him up. It's not. Yeah, sevens is like the rugby's electrifying, you know, version. So boring maybe not work, but boring's not always bad too. Aaron Afalo made a nice career, you know. Oh, he boring. did. He did great for himself. I mean, his, his story is great. Um, yeah. I've just like never found him that appealing, one way or another. <laughs> Spell check, right? That's what people called him. That's uh, it. I think that's all the the honorable mentions I had. I just wanted to include this, like. If you guys had some time and would like to get into it for a quick second here, like expanding to the greater NBA, like I, I told vote this when we did the the show last year, 
I think PJ Tucker would be literally like the perfect rugby player. Oh. Every time I watch him play, I'm like, this guy is a freaking monster. Like, I, I, every time, even still now, what is he, 36? I'd still take him on my team. PJ Tucker is like the prototypical rugby player in the NBA for me, honestly. So true, man. He, and he would love it. Like, oh, he would yeah. relish all those aspects about it that other players wouldn't be able to make yeah. that transition. I take Patrick Beverly. He could be a good scrum half just because mm. he's annoying. Like, that's what you have to be to play scrum half, just a pest, bother people, like nobody's business. And Pete Russell Westbrook might honestly oh, yeah. be like a gold, like a like a medal caliber Olympic sevens yeah. player if he was Just dedicated. So angry. Yeah. Russell, yeah, Russell Westbrook's games all hustle and you know getting up and down the floor and he's again another bulldog type. There's another one that's coming at the top of my head, but I'm just slipping my mind at the time too. Justin, you have any? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll think of a uh, Kawhi Leonard maybe just because yeah. he's such a freak athlete. Like it's just we talked that about guy. that with the CSU one. Somebody like Capri Bibbs, somebody that's just going to be stronger, you know, more physical than you. Kawhi, when I think of when he's healthy, at least you know Kawhi mm. can be as dominant defensively as it gets. I love his presence. Noah, what about Kawhi Earl Boinkins? Is he, he too small? He was strong though. Maybe, but like I said, being like what what's Earl Boinkins measurable right like now? Five six. Yeah, that might be a yeah, little, a little bit too small. small. It's a little small. You don't need to be huge, but like like Jerry Twy, he's the uh, Fiji captain. Let me like look up how big this guy is. He he's a pretty little guy. I was looking this up the other day. Boykins had like an inhuman capacity for the bench press, though. Like he was a, a ludicrously strong guy for his size. So if you if you want to look this guy up, Jerry Twy, Jerry J E R R Y T U W A I, he's the I think he won sevens player of the year last year. He he's like. Fiji's best player. He's 5'7, 179, but he's also built like a like he's built out of bricks. Like he's just a little like fire hydrant. A little stocky yeah. guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think those those be kind of my uh my my stereotypical uh I don't know, picks for the NBA. That's who I want to see. I think one guy I'm awesome. curious about it is LeBron because like LeBron became about embellishing and flopping pretty quickly in his career. Right. Um, which I hate. But I, I actually still am pretty confident LeBron could in fact take a hit. Like if that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Be, he he's LeBron. If he hits the floor and holds his head, he gets a flagrant, and he eventually started to take advantage of that. But he was also once a great high school recruit in football, um, just a re- like basically Herculean sized. You know what I mean? Like that. He's just the perfect size and strength kind of meet in the middle thing. So. His capacity. Oh, seven calves, LeBron Duncan from the free throw line. Yeah, like, dude, that like he's gonna dominate. He's a freak. the The question would be, am I am I right? Is he cut out for it? Yeah, mentality wise. And who knows? Because I think maybe rookie year LeBron might have been, but now, who knows, man? But that's Not just, LA LeBron. No, no way, dude. That's the age old question. He's hard to watch, if LeBron played, I'm a big LeBron guy. If LeBron yeah, played soccer, how good would the USA be at soccer? If LeBron played hockey, like <laughs> I know, man. I, I do think about it a lot. <laughs> Yeah, me too. What about John Wall? Yeah, I could see John Wall. There's another. I can't. I don't know. I had it in my brain, and it's just is gone, man. Like I feel like there's one more guy. Yeah, this is, this is probably where I help you out, but I'm <laughs> that's okay. Too. It's Friday. It's Friday. Russ would be honestly. I think if if we were doing seven, if I could take one athlete from the NBA and and take them and put them on like a USA Sevens roster, it would be it would be peak Russell Westbrook. Yeah, Russ. I just think he's he's the guy. Yeah, he'll fight you too. Even strong as strong as hell. Like it's the explosion, it's the speed, um, the strength, but then also just the like, oh, 
I need to get to point B. There's a bunch of people in my way. I am just going to yeah, put my head down matter. and go. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, that we've built pretty good teams here. I think we are even our, our all NBA sevens teams pretty good too. I would take that, uh, on the world stage as well. Just give us a, a year or two to practice, give them in some little <laughs> local tournaments, take them up to Aspen or something and, and have them run, uh, run train up there. That would be, uh, quite the scene. So that's all I got, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Brendan, you want to go ahead and, and plug where people can can get a hold of you and uh, what yeah, you're up to now well, that the season's over? First, thanks for having me, man. This was fun. I'm also definitely like bug me um, when there's that Olympic schedule. If yeah. there's a good game that day or the next day, like please hit us up. I, I want to watch. I want to I see if we can get something going at the bar. I think that'd be fun if we just had some so sevens on for a Saturday or something that. like that. And then uh, second housekeeping note, um, Justin, I think – other than uh, maybe some goaties, this might be the first podcast we've done together at DNVR. I think so. Maybe like the DNVR sports pod sure. at one point. Um, this is fun though. I'm, I'm moving down to Denver next week, actually. So I'm going to be around a lot more to bug you. Go, I need more Justin in my life. So this is a good start. Uh, but you can follow me at Brendan Vote. That's V as in Victor OGT. Follow at DNVR underscore nuggets. Uh, we just had our big off-season content meeting last week. Um, so we, we know what we want to do. We know what we're doing and there's going to be plenty coming. So stay tuned. I love that. You guys haven't done a podcast. I mean, maybe like you said, the offshoot, this is the rugby bringing people together. That's what it's all about. Look at that, man. man. Yeah, dude. And then Justin, if you want to, you want to give your, uh, promo your stuff, where can people find you? What are you working on? Football's coming yeah. up. I can't wait. I hate summer. Yeah, it's definitely the, it's the, you know, dead of, dead of off season when it comes to college football and it's been particularly unique just given that CSU is coming off of a year where they only got to play four games, one at home. So it's really, I mean, you got to go back to 2019 since I've had like consistent action to talk about. And so I'm just so excited to have college football back. The fans knock on wood, a full 12 game schedule. Like it's, it's going to be awesome, but follow me on Twitter at Justin T. Michael. You can do the same on Instagram. Also uh, at DNVR underscore Rams. I'm the I'm the man behind the the mask there as Brandon is for the Nuggets. So it's we got big things coming up. I'm working on preview stuff. I'm actually diving into CSU's schedule right now, doing a lot of research on their opponents. Just you know, like it's so weird. Like how do you look at a COVID season and take legitimate takeaways when some teams played right. three games, some teams played ten games? So I'm kind of having to change how I view some of this stuff, looking at winning percentage over like a couple year period and kind of trying to take the average and all that, but. It's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and, and I got, you know, this is my life now. The Colorado XO season's over. I know they are reporting back, I think, in August, so I've got to fill some time. And I'm very thankful for Brendan and, and the other fine folks at DNVR jumping on with me drafting these sevens team. It's been super fun, so we'll just keep cranking these out. And the best way to keep up with all that is follow along at DNVR underscore rugby. Uh, other than that, that's the show, guys. Thanks so much for joining me. My pleasure, Thanks boys. For having us.